All right, post-debate show, here we go. We are live right outside the Reagan Library. You've got all of the mainstream media right over there and the alternative media, which is one and only Rumble, uh, right over here. I'm Dave Rubin, you know that much. I am joined by the winner of tonight's debate <laughs> by not being on stage, Larry Elder. Larry good to see you and i should have been there as you know i yes. got shafted by the rnc regarding the first debate yeah i had to turn in three polls where i was at at least one percent or better i did i get a phone call from ronnie mcdaniel after the deadline i'm sorry you can't use one of your polls why it's affiliated with trump which one rasmussen rasmussen then puts out a statement dave and says we're not affiliated with trump so i submitted a fourth one and they said you submitted it too late which is true i didn't realize i needed to submit a fourth one However, they had finished their polling before the deadline, so there was enough wiggle room. They could have put me up there had they wanted to. So I got shafted, and since you can't make the first debate, how in the world do you get your numbers up to make the second debate? Well, my friend, I truly think it was a blessing in disguise, because had you been in that room tonight, it was just a giant sucking sound of depressive, pretty much nothingness. I, I yeah. Look, we'll get into all of it. Patrick Bet David will be joining us in a little bit. Uh, Carol Markowitz from the New York Post, and we'll see who else uh, shows up. I sent a couple of texts to some candidates, so we'll see if anyone wants to swing by. Uh, you you just got here, but you were able to watch it in uh, in the car, right? So you were able to see some of this. I mean, did anything, did anything move you? Did anything inspire you? Any well, of that? Stuff? Well, the, the true winner, no kidding, uh, was Donald Trump. Yeah. By once again uh, realizing his lead is so commanding uh, that there's no reason for him to sit there and take shots from other people. Uh, I, I think the highlight was this line that Chris Christie uttered about Donald Duck being <laughs> Donald Trump being called Donald Duck. That was the highlight of it. I don't know how long he rehearsed that, yeah. but it, obviously he rehearsed it. It fell flat. It was yeah. stupid. It was idiotic. Isn't and, it funny when they do those lines at yeah. this point? Patrick Bet David's joining us. Pat, we'll have you check in in just one Patrick, second. How are you, my man? Long you time. Know each other. Yeah, I've seen just, you do yeah, your thing just, not too yeah, long ago. But isn't it funny? I mean, you've done plenty of debates, obviously, right. in your life. Just right. watching them with the prepackaged stuff as if it's going to land, and it never does. The Donald Duck line, Pence trying to choke out the thing about sleeping with his <laughs> wife for 38 years. All of the fakeness, that, yet they do it again and again. It was entertaining, though, to watch uh, them jump on Vivek the way they did. Uh, during the first debate, uh, one of the lines that caught me uh, was when Vivek said, I'm the only one not bought and paid for. Yeah. That clearly cheesed off Tim Scott. He's been mulling it over for a whole month, and he teed off on him for saying that. Uh, and uh, Nikki Haley said, every time I hear you speak, I feel I, I feel dumber, yeah. referring to Vivek on, on foreign policy. So that was kind of entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, Haley and um, Tim Scott got into it. At the end there, yeah, that, that was that a was little tiff but, over but, curtains. But did it move the needle? Did it make you say, you know yeah. what? I think I don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee anymore. Of course not. So, Pat, I think you're going to be a bit surprised when I say that there really was no winner here. I would say Larry was a winner and that he wasn't on the stage. And I would say that Donald Trump really was the winner because this is really all about can someone dethrone him? He was barely discussed. I think DeSantis did a perfectly fine job, but did not move the needle by any estimation. I have to call it as I see it. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think? First of all, I would have much rather have seen Larry Elder on stage than Mike Pence. Mike Pence, I'm sure, is a sweetheart of a man and a father. I'm sure he's a great grandfather, but he's a cure to insomnia. Honestly, every time he spoke, I wanted to fall asleep. Again, I love yeah. the man. I'm what, sure he's what a good man. What do you think man, he's thinking? Like, why do you think he's it, doing this? It's actually, if I'm his grandson, I would say, Grandpa, please wrap it up. If I was his son, I would say, just step <laughs> move away. It, move it along. Don't do it. I will tell you a couple of things that was very interesting from my perspective. 
It was a united attack on Vivek. It's as if somebody from the RNC fed everybody on the attack on China. And whether it's RNC or somebody else, they all went after him. He got rattled a couple times. He did. And you saw that. And he kept doing this and he kept doing this. And at the end, Christie said, put your hand down. I see your hand. I'm not done yet. So there was a little bit of that going on. And then at the same time, Vivek changed his strategy. And the adjustment he did, he went from attacking everybody on the first one to not wanting to be a synergist. Yes. That, that You can't make that kind of an – if you're going to be the guy that's going to go after everybody and you're going to play Trump's card, and Trump's card is what? I'm the only one I paid for Marco Rubio. I paid for this. I paid, you got to double down. You can't right. now apologize on that. And, and, I, and I think the audience could kind of feel it in there when he would kind of go after them a little bit and then say, well, let's just be civil yeah. when they threw it back. And, and Tim Scott said, of, you can't say that. And the last thing yeah. he called us this. So <laughs> yeah. I thought Tim played offense. First time they asked DeSantis a question was in 16 minutes. Yeah. Mark. They waited a while till they asked him. I don't understand. Why, why wouldn't you ask? That's the guy in the center. You start off with the guy. You don't go to Tim Scott. I don't understand the, the moderators, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know the moderators. I've seen them many times, but I don't know that we don't have a relationship. I thought they lost control the first 30 minutes to an hour. I'm sure there was a regrouping and somebody gave them feedback. I thought they lost control of the entire thing the first uh, hour. And they almost made the debate as a viewer, as a guy that's a competitor. The first hour was super boring. Yeah, it was, it it was, was incredibly boring. boring. I was yeah. looking around. People were getting up and walking out. Yeah. So it, that that part's got to be on the moderator as well. You know, I do know Dana Prino, and I will for sure tonight, I will send her a text. I will ask her what, what they were thinking in that first hour when there was just no energy in that room. But Larry, since you ran for governor... And actually did quite, how many millions of votes did 3. you get? 3.5 million. 3.5 million. Carried 57 of 58 counties on the replacement side. Yeah. Got in with eight weeks left. In eight weeks, we raised $27 million. And I'm, and I'm More honored. More than all the other 45 rivals combined. And I'm honored that I was just a little piece of doing that you thing sure with you. And it, was, and it was awesome. It really was. But it failed. And then that was what caused me to move to Florida. Pat also moved to Florida yeah. amidst the COVID. You were, at, you were uh, at one of my rallies. You spoke at one of my yeah. rallies. And by the way, was I not drawing Trump-like crowds? No, you were you were drawing yes. Trump like crowds. It was unbelievable. Yeah. But anyway. I but I mention all but of I, that. I, I, I mention all of that because uh, the guy that obviously I'm backing, DeSantis, all the answers were good. I don't think he lied about anything. I don't think anyone hit him. But but he needed something magical there, and and it I, I can't you know, sit here and tell you that it was there. Patrick and I were talking about this when uh, when when we, when I did his show. Uh, it's not anything that DeSantis has done or has not done. It's a ten thousand pound elephant in the room called. Donald Trump. Uh, Michael Dukakis was once uh, flattering uh, Bill Clinton by saying he's the best stand-up politician I've ever seen. He meant that in a positive way. Donald Trump is the best stand-up politician I have ever seen, bar none. You and I were talking about how what normally happens when you're a one-term president. Uh, Jimmy Carter was a one-term president. He couldn't get a table at Fatburger. <laughs> George Herbert Walker Bush was a one-term president. His dog wouldn't sniff him. This guy's a one-term president, has made, has, has retained his stranglehold over the party. I've never seen anything like that. He's funny. He's clever. He's witty. He's successful. He's confident. Uh, and he has a record. He ran and governed for so, four so years. Do you think great, that, but, great economy. So. so I think everyone gets it on Trump, but do you think there's something different that DeSantis should be doing? And Pat, I want to ask you the same thing, because you said to me months ago, this is a marketing issue with him, not a, not a policy well, issue. Well, yeah, he and I disagreed about that. There's nothing you can, you can do. What's he going to say? Uh, uh, give him a nickname? Um, uh, say that he uh, had a bad economy, uh, say that he uh, had, did a bad job on, on borders, uh, bad job on gasoline prices. What's he going to say? 
The only argument is that there are so many people in this country who do not like Donald Trump for whatever reason, that there's Trump derangement syndrome. I'm not Donald Trump. I've got the same policy, so therefore vote for me. That's the only argument. I would say DeSantis did much better on this one than the first one. Uh, however, he did have one mishap with the whole uh, uh, fracking in Florida. And if you go Google right now, does DeSantis approve fracking or you know, not one fracking. The first thing that'll come up is an article from October 2022 where he's talking about fracking in Louisiana and Texas, but not in Florida. And then there's another article from Tampa Bay talking about the fact that he's willing to do fracking in any any state, but not in Florida. And by the way, as a Floridian myself, I don't want to see rigs on the beach. I, right. I just don't want to see it. Right. But just say that. Maybe that is an angle to take rather than saying, no, I do support it. Nikki Haley, if, if you look at Drudge Report and you see who's at the top, who they have at the top, they got they got Haley at the top, and Drudge is not a Haley. I think Nikki did just fine. I have a big yeah, difference yeah. with her on yeah. foreign policy for sure, but I, she just comes across as competent, clear. She knows what she's saying. Did she was, see what she was willing there. to yeah. fight. I walked out with the last yeah. five ten minutes, cents. so I saw. Well, oh yeah, I saw the ten cent <laughs> yeah. thing, and then they're arguing about the drapes, the drapes as, as if she was supposed to return the Obama drapes yeah. or, or that. Who to your point, nobody drapes. cares. What an issue. Nobody yeah. cares. Should we bring in a woman because yeah. we're talking about drapes? I feel like we should bring in a that's, woman. Carol Markowitz from the New York Post, our drape expert here. Actually, if anyone, I was saying to Larry that he sort of won tonight because he wasn't involved in the debate. <laughs> Pat had a better seat Although than me. That was pretty awesome. good. But you had the best seat for you guys watching at home. Carol was right behind uh, who who is the male moderator. You you were right there. You were one of the two people right there. You could have you could have stolen the show tonight. Like a little something. You made some bases. I'm getting a lot of Twitter comments. I was smirking, but that's just my face. So <laughs> what's your uh, what's your takeaway as to what happened here? Nobody seems particularly impressed, yeah, to say the least. Not getting. I mean. He's right. They're not getting anywhere. We're not answering any questions. Everybody's trying to land like the good line. Um, I think Nikki did well landing those lines. I think DeSantis looked like the grown up in the room trying to avoid the squabbling. Um, but I don't know that these debates are getting anywhere. And one of the reasons is, is there are just too many candidates up there. It's it, It's gotten to where we're not getting anybody's message. Nobody knows what anybody stands for. And it, it's pointless. Would we all agree at this point that Pence, Tim Scott, Christie, and uh, you call him Bergstrom from Family Guy, but Bergstrom, that they sh if they drop, this would make a lot more sense. You think, Pat, you think that would be fair? And then we could have something a little more sensible. Vivek, Nikki, uh, DeSantis. So. Look, we're in the business of politics. So I'll give you my one feedback that... Maybe we don't want to hear, but it's how I feel about this. You know how in soccer they have the championship, the main fight, you know, the main match that everybody wants to see, and then they have third and fourth place play. Yeah. Nobody cares to watch third and fourth. I got that feeling today. Yeah. Literally, I'm looking at the crowd. People are yawning and walking out. Who walks out of a debate? People were getting up and shaking hands after the first time walking out. Yeah, I didn't want to hear from Mike Pence. Mike Pence took 14 minutes that we can get back. I, don't, I, I lost 14 minutes tonight. I didn't want to hear from him. Doug, very good. He's not. He's he's good. From, I mean, he's competent. He's, he's very, a nice he's guy. He makes his so point. Smart yeah. guy, qualified, all of that. But president is a different job. Okay, it's a very different job. Uh, I think Tim Scott. Uh, I believe he'll be one of the ones on the bottom. But I think Tim Scott did okay today. Do I want him on the stage next time? I'd much rather watch the four people talk to each other and see what's going to happen. But at the same time, I think. The last debate, 
is going to be possibly worse than this because in people's minds, when this is going further and further and further, everybody's asking the one question. What are we doing this for? Uh, Dana asked the question at the end saying, look, you, you're saying you're not going to write to do knock off the show, you know, knock off the debate. Fine, because that's the last question she asked. Nobody wanted to answer. You know, Christy wrote a name down, and then he comes afterwards and said, looks like you you did write a name. He says, yeah, I, 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 that was Trump. Yeah. I wrote Trump. Huh. I want him off the debate. But for me, Dana asked the question saying, so look, you're behind 45, 46 points. How are you going to pull this up? And he says, you know, presidents don't get elected by polls. They get elected by voters. Phenomenal line. Good for whoever came up with that. It's just not the truth. Mm -hmm. You have a very, very big, unless if they try to arrest him. Today, I made an offer on uh, Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, Mar yeah, you're going to throw 19? Throw 19, right? what are you doing? $300 million. If yeah. it's $18 million, I'll buy it myself. Yeah. They're targeting that guy left and right. And yeah. if, I'm a, if I'm a true competitor on the Republican side, I'm sitting there asking myself, do I want these guys targeting Trump as much as they are, or do I want them to leave them alone? The more they do, the more they're giving them the limelight. Yeah. Well, Larry, I think you agree with this. I tweeted in the middle of this thing. It was like the debate really should have been one question and then it should have been a free for all. It should have been, how are you going to beat Trump? Forget the Democrats mm -hmm. for a second, but this is a freaking primary. And there was just there was just simply none of that. Right. I mean, DeSantis yeah. tried once or twice, but that was about it, it. It would have been more entertaining had they done that. But again, the, what people wanted to see, what would have driven ratings is for Trump to show up. He wasn't there. So nobody really cares. He's got a commanding lead in the polls. Joe Biden uh, has horrible numbers on the economy, horrible numbers on the borders. Everybody can agree on that. The question is, who do you want other than Donald Trump? And the answer is, we want Donald Trump. Let's talk about the know, other guy. Uh, let me just say, I don't know about that because, you know, he's running sort of as the incumbent. This is owed to me. I deserve this chance. And he's only got half the Republican Party. I said this on your show last time I was on. But if Joe Biden woke up with Donald Trump's numbers, he would, you know, to paraphrase the old Chris Rock line, throw himself out the window. And so what we have here is half the party who does not want Donald Trump. And 73% of Iowans want, you know, they'll, they'll, some of them will take Trump, but they want someone else. So, look, to me, it's, it's not about, um, you know, Defe defe defeating or defending anybody. It's about that half the party does not want this man, and it's ve it's a very winnable contest. Well, Prim primary voters. These yeah. are primary mm -hmm. voters. You look at the polls in Iowa, look at the polls in New Hampshire. If anything, Donald Trump is increasing his lead. So uh, the question is, what do the people in the primaries want? Uh, and from what I can tell on the campaign trail, and I've been around all these people, heard them all speak, they still want Trump. Pat, from a marketing perspective, are you shocked how the lack of entertainment? Like, I, I get, I want a competent executive. We, we've discussed this many times. I actually don't care about the show that much. I just want someone. I moved to Florida and and changed my life because of a competent executive and the people that supported him. Right. So I don't care about the show that much, and yet it's increasingly obvious that the show may matter way more than the policies. Like, why aren't they figuring out a, way, a better way to do the show? You mean the debate? Yeah, oh, just I, the it's, show it's, portion. Yeah, of, of I mean, all listen, it's so boring. It's not even funny. It's driving me insane just watching it. Uh, how they don't want to innovate, and every single like, you know, how our educational system is not innovating. It's the same thing it's been for 50, 60, 70 years. But everything is different. Technology is different, and people are disrupting it. I think this needs to be disrupted already. What is this all about? We're supposed to sit there and watch this format? It makes no sense to me. You can run a March Madness bracket, have people do face-offs that two hour long, and then the winner goes to the next, 
and it's leading to there's so many different formats you can do than this nonsense they're doing but by the way let, let's talk about one thing that maybe you know you're seeing the desantis newsom debate right that's yeah. coming up november 22nd whatever the date is i think yeah. they confirmed they agreed on how that's going to be taking place there's an element right now that something no one's talking about you're seeing newsom is now campaigning newsom vetoed two things this week yeah. that's drawn him more to the center what is he doing what do you mean saying no to something you agreed on four or five months ago now you're doing that the only reason he would be vetoing things that's more centered than uh, the left is because maybe he wants to win that vote or maybe he wants to run. he's running are period. you thinking about something's going to happen there he's yeah, running so, so if if newsom comes up who is he going to match up against or Fox News, we know Fox News is not for Trump. Fox News is more for DeSantis. Of course, they're going to want to put DeSantis against Trump. But at the end of the day, you can do all you want to do. If the voter wants Trump, you can try to convince yourself and make yourself feel happy and all this stuff. That's not how business and competition works. Numbers do a lot of talking. Re regarding Newsom, uh, Newsom, of course, he wants to be president. Uh, if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris drop dead, uh, he'd be ecstatic. However, they're not going to. Joe Biden, if he can fog up a mirror, will be the nominee. And if he can't uh, fog up a mirror, it will be Kamala Harris. I know that yeah. Kamala Harris is unpopular, but for crying out loud, she's very popular among black female voters. And they are the most loyal part yeah. of the Democratic base. And the first primary for the Democrats is South Carolina. 60% of the Democrat primary voters in South Carolina are black. Majority of those are black female. And they love, love, love Kamala Harris. Right. And if she is perceived as having been drop kicked, for yep. some white dude like like Gavin Newsom? Are you kidding me? They won't vote Republican. They just won't vote at all. They're I actually think the party's so evil they're, that it wouldn't surprise me if they did that, but they, I get they, your they point. They paint themselves in a corner with this race and gender stuff. Uh, the reason she's there is because she's a black female. By the way, for a while it appeared that um, Dianne Feinstein might not finish her term in, in, in California. And Gavin Newsom said, I will appoint a black female. Yeah, you in can order, send... In order to get um, uh, Joe Biden's uh, support, uh, James Clyburn, before the South Carolina primary in 2020, extracted a promise that the first uh, nominee would be a black female. Uh, now you're going to drop kick a black female for a white mm -hmm. dude? I don't think so. I don't think so uh, And they can't afford to do that. They are stuck with Kamala Harris. So, so yeah. Carol, what do you think, since you also, uh, well, you fled New York, but yeah. now live in Florida, but I know you're no fan of Newsom. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you, he's here. He's literally yeah. here. Yeah. Can you guys smell the sulfur? You smell <laughs> it, can't you? He's here somewhere. And I would glad, we reached out to him. We, we did the appropriate channels. He did not he respond. He didn't want to come on with He you. did not respond. I Maybe it's all the that. lizard pictures that I keep sending him. But, but either way, uh, yeah. what do you think he's really up to here? Well, I think that, you know, I don't know what he thinks about his own future, but I, I completely agree with Larry. There's no way they're getting Kamala Harris off that stage. I, could he be looking at, you know, a 2024, after 2024 kind of situation? Sure. Um, but, you know, it does feel very much to me like the DeSantis-Newsom debate is a poke in the eye to Biden and Kamala. Like, I'm here and I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be debating, you know, the the younger candidate in the Republican race. And, and, and I want people to see me as the potential successor, if not in 24 than in 28. Does the, Pat, does the uh, DeSantis-Newsom thing seem like uh, DeSantis's last stand to you? Because it seems to me like that's he, what he needed tonight. Again, nobody hit him. Nobody hit him. Nikki Nothing tried. he said. No, yeah. they tried a little bit, but no, I don't think anyone's walking out of there like, oh, DeSantis got hit. But it's not that he just, he needed to do more than just not get hit. He needed magic. Maybe something happens with the DeSantis. So uh, let me Newsom ask you a question. Thing. Here's a question for you. How does DeSantis win from doing the Newsom debate? That it maybe centers it more around him again and less about Trump. No, to me it comes across arrogant. What, what, what do you, 
she's not Newsom's not in the debate like it's like two guys who are not the heavyweight champions to put up a fight and one is still in the playoffs but he's willing to play a team that's not in the playoffs and it's so confusing to <laughs> yeah. me as, but but as, it seems like the fight America's but put aside put aside I where their you, rankings you know are then the, the you Florida what, versus Cali fight you know when that would have been appropriate nine months ago not right now no I, it, no it would have been appropriate in 2021 when I ran against him for governor in the recall election and he would not debate me nobody put any pressure on him nobody on Fox said why don't you debate Larry Elder where was that where was where was Hannity then yeah. when I needed him yeah He's, this is a circus but I'm this, talking this in would this have mattered. Context. This would have mattered. Yeah. He would have to defend his record on COVID, his record on homelessness, uh, his record on the fact that people are leaving California for the first time in 170 years. But nobody put any pressure on him to debate. And now that there's nothing at stake, he's debating Ron DeSantis. It's a circus. But even if even if he's not trying to dethrone Biden or mm -hmm. something like that, isn't it weird that it feels like it's it kind of feels like the energy is around him, not around Biden. No, I mean, no one well, thinks there's Biden's no energy really... around Biden. Right. Yeah. So he's 150 years old and he's going to have to be dragged across that finish line. But I think that the Democrats are fully prepared to do that. The oh, yeah. thing is, it's getting late to replace him. Um, it's getting to the point where you're just you can't replace him with Newsom, no matter how badly they might want to. They, they really can't even replace him with Kamala unless something really happens. Um, so it's going to be Biden. It, that's been my, you know, $5 bet all along, mm -hmm. and um, I'm planning to collect. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the only way they replace Kamala Harris is if she says, you know what, I'm so incompetent, I'm so clueless, I've got to leave, and then they have to replace her with an equally popular black female, and only two fit the bill, Oprah Winfrey and Michelle Obama, neither of whom want the job. Man, it's uh, your your whole life's work is like su is sort of summed up in the craziness of the Democratic Party, wouldn't you say? Well, that's why I wrote, wrote the book called "As Goes California: My Mission to Rescue the Golden State and Save a Nation." About what a left wing loon uh, Gavin Newsom is, and the kinds of policies that Democrats have been pushing for decades in California that have resulted in people leaving the state. Five hundred thousand people in the last couple of years. Yeah. Right, but whenever you're ready, we're in Florida waiting for you. <laughs> Pat, putting aside politics, how do Appreciate we how that. do we export this, all the good stuff? that brought the three of us to, to Florida. And, and again, Larry, you stay here and fight. And somebody, God, somebody somebody's got to do yeah. it. God bless you for it. Somebody got uh, the but if not through politics, how do we export all of the goodness, the, all the reasons that you brought so many employees and your family to Florida and everything else? Because that, putting aside candidates, is, is what America really should be about, I think. Yeah, no, no question. And I, and I think a part of what COVID did, like I, I love what DeSantis said today, when, when they asked the question about, uh, hey, what are you doing with the health care? You know, Florida has one of the worst. She was asking, you know, and by the way, it was obvious Dana was a team Nikki Haley. She kept, like, protecting her. Her husband's also serving. So I could see that affinity. So she was probably not pro-DeSantis. But she asked the question about, you know, Florida has one of the worst, you know, uh, 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 it may not have been her who asked the question about health insurance yeah. or health care. And then DeSantis says, Look, that's part of our philosophy. We're not a welfare state. Yeah. You want to be part of a welfare state? You want auto entitlements? Go to California. Go to Illinois. Go to New York. If you want to work your ass off and make the money that you want to make and have the life that you want to build, come to Florida. Do you know how much that answer appeals to it's, me? Yeah. That appeals to a guy like me. I love that. Straight up. You want to stand up for yourself, make your money? Florida's a place to be. You, you want your kids to be able to transition legally? Go to California, go to other places. We don't want that here. Do you want your kids in third grade to learn about LGBTQ and how to, you know, have a boy, you know, do what they're doing or a girl do this at three, at third grade? Go to California, go to New York. But if not, guess what? We don't stand for that in Florida. Mm -hmm. If he stays on that message, 
And it's a message of, yeah, that's who we are. Yeah, that's who we are. I think that's attractive. But the point I was trying to make is during COVID, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards different states and they're just going to feel safer. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you didn't, you didn't feel that way. We can yeah. live in California. We're going to be okay. Today, people are moving to raise their kids. So I think California is going to get bluer. I think Florida is going to get redder. I think blue states will get even more bluer. I think that's what's going to happen next. Unfortunate, but I think that's what's going to happen yeah, next. I sense you're basically okay with that notion, right? I mean, it's yeah. what the founding of America really is about, and it's it's unfortunate right. as, a, as a lifelong New Yorker until you move to Florida. Yeah, but. and I and I think a lot of these places need to hit rock bottom. Look, New York mm -hmm. was a wonderful place to live. I loved it. I you know I always say I was a New York supremacist. I was all about the New York. Um, but then you know what he was? He was a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was a black face. The, the black face of white supremacy. That's right. Get it right, Pat. My apologies. I worked hard for Forgive that me. title. I worked Forgive hard for me. that title. Yeah, so I loved New York. New York was doing great, and, and that was doing great because it hit rock bottom. They elected Rudy Giuliani. Bloomberg continued those policies, and even Bill de Blasio was able to coast on a well-functioning New York for a while. But then those blue policies came back, and everything, you know, started to fall apart. I think some of these places are going to hit rock bottom. They are going to elect Republicans, even if they do become deep blue, because they just can't take it anymore. I hope you're right. I mean, that's the argument I made when I ran for, for governor. Uh, but um, look, the crime is still crazy. Uh, the homelessness is still crazy. Um, he's taken a $100 million budget surplus, Gavin Newsom, and turned into a $30 billion budget deficit. Uh, and he still has uh, above, above water uh, poll numbers. So I thought, you know, that in, in crime during the campaign, uh, a guy was murdered in Beverly Hills. Uh, he had armed security. Thank you. Love you too. He had armed security, and somebody who should not have been on the streets broke yeah. in and murdered him. Uh, a woman uh, who was a graduate student at UCLA was stabbed to death uh, at, a, at a high end furniture store in Hancock Park where um, uh, Maxine Waters has her mansion. Uh, I thought maybe at that point people would just, you know, it's gotten so crazy now, maybe just maybe we need somebody who's not soft on crime. But it didn't seem to matter. Right. But is, but at some point, I agree with you that, that, that voters are going to have to hit rock bottom and begin to rethink their assumptions, but it doesn't appear to happen uh, to be in any time soon in, in California. Is the depressing reality maybe combining with what you just said there to Pat with what you said about, about Florida as a place where you got to get yours versus these blue states or they're going to hand it to you, is that most people either just at this point, the sad truth would be that most people either just don't care or don't know or don't understand what the American dream is. They don't understand how to get theirs and they just hear mostly Democrats being like, yeah, we'll give you this, we care, we'll give you health care, blah, blah, blah. They don't understand why that systemically actually destroys health care and everything else. One of the fastest way to control people is to destroy their dreams, is to make them believe they're not good enough to have their dreams become a reality. It's such a brilliant, divisive, dirty, dark move. But the first thing you have to do is kill hope, kill dreams, kill that life that you always wanted to have. And then you say, it's not going to happen to me. Guess what? Let's just stay in California. Mm -hmm. Let's just kind of do this. This is kind of what God gave us, which is a bunch of bullshit. That's not what God gave them. But you have to destroy faith. You have to destroy hope. You have to destroy that confidence that people can have their dreams become a reality. I don't see a lot of dreams being sold. You know, to me, Tim Scott tried to sell the dream a little bit. I think we got to get back to selling the dream. The, the whole idea about doing it at a location like this, Reagan was one of the greatest dream sellers, mm -hmm. where you're going mm -hmm. out there saying, what is your dream? What do you want to do? You getting more entitlement programs, is that going to get you close to your dreams? We have to speak the dream language today to get people dreaming again. Until we don't, 
they can be easily controlled. You know, it's interesting you say that because I kept thinking there are plenty of pictures of Reagan here and busts of Reagan and everything else of Reagan, and I've watched virtually every big Reagan speech forever. I've seen virtually all of them, and they were so aspirational and so funny and so decent, and if you watched him in the debates, they were they were fun mm. and light, and it was just the reverse of all this. What, what would you have done differently than these guys up there? Well, uh, on, the, on the debt, on how big the country has gotten, Donald Trump got a hit because I think a couple people said, and it's true, that government got bigger under, under Donald Trump. Government got bigger under Ronald Reagan. Uh, all three levels of government, federal, state, and local, in 1900, government took 9% from the American people. Now all three levels, government takes almost 35%. Government is way, way too big. If you run promising to take things away from people, you're going to lose elections. If you run promising to reform Social Security, uh, Medicare, Medicaid, you're going to lose elections. Even Bill Clinton and Barack Obama referred to these entitlement programs as unsustainable. Mm -hmm. What I want is an amendment to the Constitution to fix spending to a specific percentage of the GDP. Uh, otherwise, it's going to get bigger no matter who's in charge. If you force the politicians to cut government and to make these structural reforms, they can then go to the voters and say, I'm sorry, I had to do it. The law made me do it. That's the only way government's going to get down to the size it should get down to. That's one of the things that I've run on uh, during the campaign. I think one of the biggest problems is that people have no idea what it means, like the government's too big or it's, you know, spending Yeah, that's high. what I mean, actually. They have no idea what that means for their actual everyday life. I mean, I don't know. Do you ever see those interviews of people on the street? Like, who's the, who's the president right now? <laughs> It's like, I don't know. Um, so you're, you're, people are assuming a lot. These candidates are assuming a lot when they say things like, oh, the government has gotten so big or, oh, the spending has gotten so high. And when they take that shot at Trump, it's a very good shot, except then you need to draw the connection, why this matters to you. They printed all this money. They, this is why you're, everything costs so much. This is why you, you go to the supermarket and everything's so expensive. But they're not making that connection because it's like, it's, you know, it's the whole, they, they talk in, you know, what do we say, the 10-point font, and they just don't. They don't, they don't understand that people at home don't get why these things are important. Well, the reason it's important is because we high-five ourselves and we have GDP growth of 2.5% or 3%. Mm -hmm. We should be growing twice as fast. Your income should be growing twice as fast as it's growing. Uh, your net worth should be growing. Uh, your own life should be better. And it will be better if more money is in your pocket because you'll spend it more efficiently than some government bureau can. Pat, you're shaking your head no, but I can't tell if it's no with frustration no, or no with, or no, disagreement. I like, you yeah. know what I think? Okay, so... Some of us do okay financially, right? Okay, think about. Okay, you were probably the buy <laughs> he, he, some of he told okay. me he was wearing a fossil watch yeah. last time I saw him, but that. that <laughs> some of us do okay. Man just made a bid for Mar a Lago. I guess some of us are doing okay. Some of us are doing yeah. good financially. Yeah. But watch this. So the rates this week, if your credit score is 720, you wanted to get a 30 year loan. On 720, a, pretty good. 720, pretty good. Yeah. 30 year loan, $500,000 today. Rates are on 8.18%, right? Your mortgage payment is 36.77. Let me say it again. $500,000, 8%, 30 year, 720 credit. Today, 36.77. 18 months ago, at 3%, the $500,000 loan, at 3%, 720 credit, 30 years, $2,100. Mm. So let me get this straight. The average person's watching this right now saying, okay, I'm gonna go buy a house. How are you gonna do it? And then the bank is gonna go divide your income, your mortgage payment by 36%. And if you do that at 2100, to qualify for that loan, you have to make $5,500 a month. Doable, we can do it. But to qualify for 3677, you have right. to be around $10,000 a month. 
Who is making $10,000 a month right, right now? What's happened the last 18 months? Have people's income gone up the last 18 months? Mortgage applications are the, lo are the lowest we've had in 27 years. No one's trying to do anything with their houses right now. The people that own a house at 3% are not selling. The only people that are buying houses have cash. The average right. voter is sitting right now at, at home asking themselves, what the hell am I going to do? This are union people that are protecting our folks. The Writers Guild, 140 day, this, uh, uh, what do you call it? This the strike, strike that yeah. took place. Do you know finally today ended? And you know how these union leaders, how much money they were able to get for their employees, for their employees? 5% raise. A 5% right, raise. Probably less credit than to UPS. Yeah. Credit, UPS got a lot of raise for them. Yeah. But Writers Guild, 5%. They haven't worked for 148 days. Mm -hmm. So then you go back to 1972. 25% of Americans in membership for union, 25% of us were part of a union. Today, that number is 6%. Mm -hmm. Americans right. don't want union anymore. Right. Don't get involved, private, private union. Don't get involved in my life anymore. You're bothering me. So the conversation today about teachers union, when Chris Christie went after him, and he's talking about we gotta get rid of some of these people. All I think about is the average person today sitting around thinking to themselves, how am I supposed to make it today? I don't. Are people working Uber late at night after they mm -hmm. come home, they put their kids to sleep mm -hmm. nine o'clock, they're working three, four hours? What kind of a life is that? What yeah. happened to this economy? So no, we need to we need to get the dream machine going again and get people to realize, listen, this is now it's supposed to be. We gotta go back to the market, we gotta go back to capitalism. If we do that, no one's saying go be a millionaire, go buy all these exotic cars. But hey, what if we can figure out a way to go back to you can start a business, small business. There used to be time forty nine percent of employees work for a small mm -hmm. business. That thing's going more and more about these bigger businesses so they can control them. All I think about is the average voter today is watching this tonight saying, is my life better today than it was four years ago? They're all scared today. That, I don't know how they're. I don't know how most of them are making it. That day. is way better analysis than I was going to do on the union thing because my main takeaway was that they all slept with Randy Weingarten, wasn't that? <laughs> that, like, that, that seemed to be the running right? theory. They yeah. were all like, "I slept with her," and she's a lesbian. I don't know what was going on there. Um, what, what do you think on the economy stuff? It's like the Democrats yeah. are just the messaging is just easier right. and whatever. It's like we like you. I feel you like can... what Pat is saying is exactly what these candidates should be saying. Like I feel your pain. I know that sounds you know ridiculous, the Clinton line, but honestly, they. I want to see emoting from them. Like, how are you doing this? How are you living your lives? And we understand how bad the inflation has gotten. And we understand that, you know, interest rates are just keep keep climbing and how hard it is to buy a home. I, I think that we, these people really need to connect to what is going on out there in the country and how people are hurting. I, you know, I talked about this before, but I grew up poor in Brooklyn. My life is still that my neighborhood, my home neighborhood in Brooklyn. And like people are struggling. If they are not the people who got Pelotons during COVID, they're, you know, they got the one-time check and they really never came back to, to where they were before COVID. All right, well, it seems like nobody left this thing, at least out of the four of us, particularly inspired. So, Larry, give me, give me to, well, give you all one thing to wrap up with. Give me, give me something inspirational for people to walk from here. Well, Maybe know, a little beyond just the political realm of this whole well, thing. Well, you, you know about my background. My father never knew his father. He was raised by an illiterate woman who was irresponsible, threw him out of the house when he was 13 years old. I became a World War II Marine veteran. Uh, cleaned toilets when I was growing up. Started a little cafe uh, downtown LA. Ran it until its 80s. When he retired, he owned the cafe property next door, plus the little house we still have in our, in our family. So my Republican father said this about Democrats. Democrats want to give you something for nothing. When you try to get something for nothing, you almost always end up getting nothing for something. People need to get back to personal responsibility, get government off my back, out of my wallet, 
uh, put money back into the pockets of the American people and watch this country explode in terms of prosperity. I, I feel like you can pick up from that. Yeah, you know, today we're at Rafi's place, okay? So this Armenian guy comes up to me, he says, uh, I said, so what do you do for a living? He said, I just finished my uh, uh, law degree. I said, how old are you? 27 years old. He says, uh, at the school I went to, everybody's liberal. So Adam asks, well, do you talk? Do you give your opinion? He says, oh no, I can't talk. Why? Because if I do, you know, it's gonna be bad for me. I can't talk about that in California. What if I do? What if I get fired? What if this happens? So here's the, here's the problem on what's happening right now. The reason why the left is winning is because the right is afraid of talking about issues and how they feel. They're quiet. I'm convinced the four communities that are hurting America need to wake up. One of them is the tolerant Christians. They're way too tolerant. Mm -hmm. They're sitting around saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Now they're in your face. Number two are the libertarians. The libertarians have this mindset of, do your thing. Listen, as long as do your thing, it's good. I don't care what yeah. you do, just do it's your gotta thing. It's got to be a two-way street. And all of a sudden they're saying, oh, just do my thing, okay. Can I do my thing with your family? Can yeah. I do my thing with your mm -hmm. kids? Can I, no, 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 you're going too far now. Then you got the lazy and scared Republicans. God forbid they're being challenged. They just want to kind of have their money and, you know, do their thing. And then you got a couple other communities. No, we need, the, the part I'm very optimistic about today is the following. We're finding each other. Yeah, More people yeah. are coming up to me and saying, man, I'm just so glad you guys are talking about this stuff. We are finding each other and they're waking up a group of pissed off people that are getting united. If this group unifies, it's going to scare the shit out of them. We had a conversation with Candace Owens was on a podcast two weeks ago, right after you. And one of the things was, you know, I'm just done talking about politics. I'm just done. I don't want to talk about these issues. I said, that's exactly what they want you to say. They want you to be fatigued. Mm -hmm. They want your endurance to be done. They want to look at your eyes and you look defeated. But here's the part. Third quarter, when you're going into fourth quarter, your opponent, in their mind, they're thinking you figured out their scheme. They're thinking if you push a little harder, you're going to win. They want you to think you can't beat them. So we need to have a little bit more confidence, more audacity. We need to be united. We need to impose ourselves a little bit. We need to sell our values and principles in a respectful manner, manner have reasonable conversations. And I think more people are going to say, I kind of like what she has to say. I kind of like what he has to say. But I think we need to rise up. And the good news for me being optimistic I think we're waking up. I think a lot of people are waking up. I, I agree. It's why I see all these worlds, all of our worlds, colliding more and more every single day. Every single day it's happening. I feel like you can give, like, the kind of mama version of that. Yeah, I, I feel, you know, it's hard not to be optimistic. In Florida, I used to be that college student that couldn't be openly conservative. I, and in graduate school, I was the only conservative in my political program. I mean, it, it's like, it, this was my world. But I think that living in Florida has made it so... I, First of all, I, I see people unafraid. They're, they're themselves and they're liberals, they're conservatives, but they're like sane and they're normal and they're defending their, their families. I, I love to see it. And just being Floridian has really made me so much more optimistic about America's future. Well, I'm optimistic because people like you guys tune in and I get to sit down and chat with these guys. And we did the impossible, guys. We took two of the most boring uninteresting hours in the history of humanity and i think we cleaned it up quite nicely so i thank the oh and the next debate by the way i think is november 8th in miami how about we do this over tequila next time it would be much better all right we're gonna do this at my place over tequila all right thanks everybody thanks for tuning in to the rubin report you can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m eastern and 8 a.m pacific on rumble locals and youtube 
Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubenreport.locals.com.